When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone, to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, episode 167. I'm your host, as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. You can send me an email, GolfUnfiltered at gmail.com, and you can look me up on Twitter, at GolfUnfiltered. Also have an Instagram account that you can find us on as well. Folks, I thought he did it this week. I think many of us thought that Tiger Woods was going to win the British Open and win his 15th major championship. And man, it was a fun weekend to watch golf. And coincidentally, here in my hometown, it was a very rainy weekend. And so I actually was able to wake up early, put on a pot of coffee or two, depending on how excited I wanted to get watching the Open. And it was just a a wonderful sight to see Tiger Woods playing well again and by the way, Francesco Molinari is by far the hottest player on the planet right now, having won three times this year, and now he's an, uh, the first ever Italian to win a major championship at the Open Championship, or the British Open, depending on which side of the uh, the pond that you land. But today, it's just me and you talking, giving a quick recap on my thoughts and some perspective of the Open Championship and everything that we saw from Tiger Woods, as well as some of the other players, some of the more key players that we've all noticed. And boy, that was quite the leaderboard on Sunday. I love how on Instagram and on Twitter, everyone was saying, we do not deserve this leaderboard, obviously saying so, trying to be tongue in cheek. But man, we do deserve that leaderboard. I thought that was just an amazing way to spend a morning here in the United States to watch just the best golf you can possibly watch this year, at least, in my opinion. There hasn't been a tournament as exciting that I can remember. And Carnoustie, or Carnasty, or whatever they were trying to call it during the week, it really held its own. We got a different golf course on Sunday. The wind picked up. There were gusts over 20 miles an hour. Players had to be a little bit more creative, and we actually got to see British Open-style golf. The first three days was a little bit easier. Yeah, people were running shots up on the green. People were driving the first green. I mean, for crying out loud, Jordan Spieth made eagle on day three on the first hole after driving the par four. Not a huge par four, only I think at that day it was playing about 370 yards. But on day four, when it mattered most... We had the biggest names in the sport right now up at the top of the leaderboard, including the eventual winner, Francesco Molinari, who I'll talk a little bit about here in a little while. But obviously, all eyes were on Tiger Woods. If you're like me, and we've talked about this on this podcast a hundred times, I'm a huge fan of the man that really got me into doing what I'm doing now with Golf Unfiltered, writing about golf in general. And... It was just a a great sight to see. I mean, he's always kind of been, I don't know, teasing us a little bit this year. We've seen flashes of brilliance. We've seen him take his game to a level that none of us thought he would be able to achieve again. 
and we've heard it a hundred times, we've said it, we may have tweeted it a hundred times, but this was a man that was on the operating table not too long ago, went through a spinal fusion. You could add all the superlatives that you want, we know all the anecdotes, we know everything about this particular type of procedure, and everything we see right now from Tiger is just, just gravy. It's gravy on top of an already incredible career that we've all been able to enjoy. And by the way, anyone who didn't want to see or doesn't want to see Tiger uh, achieve something that probably hasn't been done since Ben Hogan. And yes, I'm drawing that comparison. We all know the story of Ben Hogan and his awful car wreck many years ago, only to come back and win major after major. This is pretty much, in my opinion, the modern version of that type of comeback. Many of the... uh, Trials and tribulations of Tiger have been at his own doing. We all know that. We're not going to hide that fact. He doesn't hide that fact. But he's also had his fair share of medical issues and procedures. And for him to come back and put on a performance like he did for really all four days. He didn't play super well on day one. He didn't play out of his mind on day two. But days three and four, really he gave us something to, uh, to really enjoy. And if you're a person that doesn't like to see that, I I just, I'd really like to know why. If it's some standard that you want to hold him to because you feel that he's got bad morals or you don't like the way that he's lived his life, okay, fine. And I know that people have talked about separating the athlete from the person or separating the on-course performance from whatever extracurricular activities he does off the course. But if you can't make that separation at this point, you can't appreciate what we were given, really, what we were able to watch at Carnoustie this weekend. I, Frankly, I don't even know why you're listening to this podcast. And I'm not saying that everyone has to adore the man. I, I Believe me, I've gone up and down with my fandom on, the, on Tiger, but to just turn around and say, you know what, I'm done with him, that's, that's just a, that's an interesting perspective. And that's something that I would subscribe to but nevertheless we were able to see something fantastic and for just a brief moment in time if i remember right it was about 10 to 15 minutes tiger woods was leading the british open alone after the ninth after nine holes standing on the 10th tee box he was the solo leader if i remember correctly just Sit back and think of the absurdity of that, of where he's been, how far he's come, and what we thought we would never see again. And I don't know about you, but things are looking great for the PGA Championship. Tiger's performance, even though he did not win, even though he did not finish in the top five, I believe he finished sixth, a tie for sixth, if I remember correctly. He was able to qualify for the WGC Bridgestone, which is in, I believe, this week, if I'm remembering correct. I don't have the schedule in front of me. But that's an event that he's won many, many times, and it's perfect for him, because obviously Bridgestone being one of his sponsors, specifically his golf ball, it's got to be great for them to see him in their event. And heck, we might be able to see him win at Firestone again. It's a course that he's won at multiple times. Why not? this be the first time that he's won in so long. And so there's just so much that we saw from him. 
his driving game off the tee, which has always historically been his weakest, uh, the weakest part of his game, was really good. Obviously, he was hitting irons off most 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 of the tees. He's got a new gapper, tailor made uh, utility iron. Really looking forward to hopefully trying that out here in the near future. But he seemed to really like it. I'm not going to hit it like him, of course. But man, we got to see the return of the Tiger Stinger. We got to see him just work his way around par fours. And even a few, a couple par fives, I remember him hitting certainly less than driver. Um, maybe even that gapper utility iron on a few par fives. And he was just able to put on a show in regard to course management. And then ultimately on Sunday, everything just boiled down to one mistake. One mistake that Tiger made when he tried to hit a flop shot. I believe it was on 12, if I remember right where he blew his tee shot to the left, hit some dude's cell phone. If you guys haven't seen that video yet, (laughs) go on Twitter, and I'm sure you could search for that. And the guy was actually videoing or recording uh, the Open Championship with his iPhone. Tiger hit his tee shot, and the ball hit his phone. And it was still recording. It captured everything, and it's a wild thing to see. And then Tiger goes to hit a flop shot off of a pretty favorable lie, considering how bad it could have been. But he goes and he tries to play this really intricate touch shot that normally we would expect someone like him or maybe a Phil Mickelson to pull off. But it turns out it was his biggest mistake of the round. He went on to, I believe, double that hole, at least bogey it. And everything kind of fell apart from there. But he was able to keep himself in the conversation even leading up to the 18th hole but near the end Francesco Molinari again the hottest player on the planet as of right now he just stuck with it Tiger's playing partner by the way and believe me when we opened the day on Sunday those of you who follow me on Twitter at Golf Unfiltered probably saw a tweet that says man I'd really like this to go one way but I really think Molinari could come and just steal this I had that thought that the winner of the the tournament would come from the group of Molinari and Tiger. I believe it was Johnny Miller or maybe Dan Hicks at the beginning of the telecast or at least around the time when Tiger and Francesco teed off said that Tiger would have to beat Molinari in order to win this. Turns out he was right. Molinari, first Italian ever to win a major championship which is crazy to think about. Then again, how many Italian players can you name that have the caliber of game that could have done that before Francesco? Not too many. Constantino Rocca, back in the day, during the 97 Masters. We all remember him, right? Played us alongside Tiger Woods. Eventually got just his tail kicked in <laughs> by, uh, by Big Cat. He's the only other Italian golfer I could think of. Well, then there's Tony, was it Tony Pina? Long time ago. Made his own golf clubs. Equipment guy. But Francesco was able to, to lock it in. And it's funny because two weeks ago, I, was, I had the chance to visit Bettinardi uh, Golf Headquarters in Tinley Park, Illinois. Not too far from my home. And that was on a Friday. The previous Monday, Francesco was actually in town because he was in town uh, competing at the John Deere Classic. And he had the chance to sit down with uh, 
Bob Bettinardi probably met with his son Sam, talked a little bit about the putting game, got himself fit with a new putter, and that has been his best club since then. A lot of comments were made about how Molinari all of a sudden remembered how to putt or figured out how to putt. Well, there's a lot to be said about the equipment that you're using. I think listeners to this podcast would agree with that across the board. In fact, you probably wouldn't even be listening to this if you didn't, seeing as those that we cover a lot and talk a lot about equipment. My experience at Bettinardi was certainly on in different context. <laughs> I wasn't getting fit to compete on the tour, but I did get fit, and I went through a very high-caliber custom-fitting process that anybody could go through. And it was just little moments like that, if I could just kind of take a step maybe beyond the fourth wall, if you want to say. Anyone who uh, watches wrestling knows what I'm talking about. There are elements or instances like that when I do what I do with, with this website, where you have a coincidence, where you have the opportunity to go meet some great people, such as the folks over at Betnardi Golf, and all of a sudden, you begin to realize how small the golf world really is. It's, it's not super huge. Everybody knows everybody. In fact, when I went for the, uh, the fitting, and I talked a little bit about this in the previous episode of this podcast, episode 166, there were members of the Kansas City Royals there getting fit as well. But it's just funny to me to think that, wow, just seven days prior, or less than seven days, maybe five days prior to the time that I was actually in Studio B at Betonardi, the eventual, yet-to-be-determined, open champion, champion golfer of the year, Francesco Molinari, was in the same studio, in the same area, getting fit, going through the same process that I went through. It's just an interesting thing. I uh, Certainly, congratulations to the friends over at Betonardi. Got to be a huge moment for them. They don't have a lot of players on tour that use their putters. There are quite a few, but not too many. And I honestly can't remember the last time that they came across a major championship. I'd have to go back and look at some of the putters that I took a picture of. They've got this nice trophy case in Studio B, gold-plated putters, from the styles of the, uh, of the putters that the winners used. I'd have to go back and look. So this has got to be exciting for them. Certainly exciting for Molinari. And who knows where he's going to finish up. I mean, let's not forget, we do have one more major left. We also have the FedEx Cup playoffs. This is also a Ryder Cup year. There's a lot of golf left this season. And we're going to have the chance to see Molinari many times between now and then. Speaking of the Ryder Cup, an interesting thing that came through social is the fact that Tiger, now 51st in the world, thanks to his strong play over these last however many months, he's been playing extremely well. Is there a Comeback Player of the Year award? I don't even know (laughs) at the end of the year. He's got to have it in the bag, right? I mean, let's let's just call it what it is. But he might actually qualify for the Ryder Cup on points. There was some speculation of whether or not he would be one of Captain Jim Furyk's picks anyway, because, you know, the captains do get a few picks. 
I'd have to guess that Furyk would probably take him, right? If he's feeling good, if he's still healthy, Tiger that is, you'd have to imagine that Tiger's going to be on the on the roster. But he might actually qualify anyway, especially if he plays well at Firestone. And, of course, the PGA Championship. We've got the FedEx Cup playoffs coming up as well towards the end of the year. We're going to see Tiger there as well, hopefully. And it's going to be just a great, again, just a great time to be a golf fan. And so I mentioned that I wanted to talk a little bit about perspective here. And it's always nice to kind of take a step back, especially we're, we're over mid-year now, 2018. We've got three majors behind us. And do we really appreciate what it is that we're seeing in the level of play, not just from Tiger, someone that, you know, all eyes are on, and I don't care what anyone says, he still moves the needle. Many years ago, I wrote a, a just a kind of a tongue-in-cheek uh, piece for SB Nation when I worked for that outlet, saying that Tiger Woods doesn't matter anymore, because at the time, we had all the young guns coming up, you know, Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, you know, Justin Thomas wasn't even on the radar yet. We knew who he was, but he wasn't winning yet. Dustin Johnson was there, Jason Day, so many others. We've talked about this a hundred times, and you've heard about it in so many different episodes and as well as different podcasts and on television, but there's such a wide range of parody on the PGA Tour right now. But do we really appreciate what it is that we're seeing? I think this is the new golden age of golf. We've got a great mix of not only our favorites from yesteryear, and yeah, I'm going to go there. I'm going to say yesteryear. Tiger's in his 40s. Phil's in his 40s. Steve Stricker's playing on the Champions Tour. Do you like how I just followed Tiger and Phil with Steve Stricker, by the way? What the what is going on? Ernie Els. Vijay Singh. Jim Furyk, even. Jim Furyk. He's, he's one of the top money winners ever in the history of the PGA Tour. All these guys are... They're still capable of winning. Granted, most of them are a little more beat up than they used to be. <laughs> but aren't we all? Aren't we all a little more beat up than we used to be? But these folks can, they can still win. And of course, we've got the core group of names, many of whom I've already mentioned. Nice to see Rory play well again, by the way. Just a quick side note. Man, that guy... He is hot and cold like no other player I've ever seen. But when he's hot, he's he's extremely hot. Almost pulled it out this week as well. And then, of course, we've got even newer players that are coming up. You know, Bryson DeChambeau. A few others. You guys know the names. You guys see them. Adam Hadwin. A few others that are just... Uh, routinely finding themselves at the top of the leaderboard. So we've basically got these three groups, the, the really young guys. We've got the core, probably veterans these days that everyone knows and loves watching. And then, of course, we've got the older guys who are legends in their own right. And everyone is winning. Everybody's winning. I've talked about this topic a couple times in the past, and I've said that one of the reasons why you guys know that I'm also a, a big basketball fan. One of the reasons why I liked the NBA in the, the 80s and the 90s is because there were so many characters. 
Obviously, being from Chicago, I'm a huge Jordan fan. He's still the greatest of all time. I don't care what anyone says about LeBron. Shout out Adam Rayberg. <laughs> but there was Jordan. There was Pippen. There was Patrick Ewing, John Starks. There was Malone. There was Stockton. There was just Charles Barkley. The list goes on and on and on. And you knew who all these people were. You could say the same thing now about the men's professional game. You could turn on a PGA Tour tournament at any point. You could turn on the Barbasol. And you could almost see Hunter Mahan. Remember him? (laughs) Man, it was good to see him again. You can almost see Hunter Mahan win the Barbasol. Congratulations to Troy Merritt, by the way, Wilson Staff player. Just an amazing tournament on his behalf. But again, you could turn on any tournament and you could see more than likely one or two people that you know at the top of the leaderboard. Now, I don't watch a ton of golf these days. I really don't, I'll be honest. Back in the day, I would watch all four rounds every tournament. I don't have time for that. I've got other stuff I gotta do. But it just makes watching any tournament day that much more impressive and much more worthwhile. And so the next time you turn on a a PGA Tour tournament, just regardless of what it is, I don't care if it's one of the bigger tournaments, I don't care if it's WGC or whatever, keep in mind what it is, the quality of golf that you're seeing. I know people like to say that how things used to be is always better than how they are now. Well, I'm here to tell you that it's not. We are in the new golden age of golf. We will probably never see golf at this caliber again, at least for quite a while. Tiger is playing... At his age, Tiger and Phil playing at their ages at a caliber where they can win and compete in a major championship. It's just going to go downhill from here, folks. A year from now, two years from now, health issues, age, father time is going to take that those opportunities away from them. Yes, the core group of young studs are always going to be there. Brooks Kepka is going to still win U.S. Opens. Dustin Johnson's still going to hit... 380-yard drives. Rory's still going to be there. So's Ricky with his horrible facial hair. (laughs) But right now, right now this instant, in the end of July in 2018, I would make the argument that this is the best that golf has ever been. Let me know what you think. Send me your notes. Golfunfiltered at gmail.com. You can look me up on Twitter, at golfunfiltered. Folks, we hope to have another podcast next week things are slowing down a little bit more on my end i don't uh work is finally hitting kind of that post summer as we get closer into august uh run down a little bit which is great it's been an extremely busy few months hopefully i'll have the opportunity to talk to some uh industry leaders from the equipment side if anybody who's listening to this is interested in telling your story or would like to get the word out on a new product or service that you are selling, or that you want to get the word out about, look me up. You know how to get in touch with me. As far as the former point, 
Storytelling is something that I always like doing on this podcast. It's not something that I've done a whole lot of, but I want to do more of it. I'm a firm believer that amateur golfers, regular guys like you and me, or women, have the best stories. I've heard many of them. You have probably heard many of them on this show. I'd like to tell more. I'd like to hear more from you. And so the open invitation remains. If you've got a story that you would like to share, I don't care how mundane you might think it is, I guarantee you that the listeners to this show would love to hear it. Please feel free to reach out. I'm more than happy to sit down and chat with you prior to recording anything. If you kind of want to get a feel, if you just want to have an introductory phone call, I'm happy to do that as well. You can also just always send me an email at golfandfiltered at gmail.com. On the new website as well, we do have a contact form. A few of you have reached out that way as well. Perfectly fine. That comes directly to my email address, and I'm happy to reach out to you also. And, listeners, even if you don't want to share a story of your own, but you do know of a story that you'd like me to reach out to someone and talk to them about it, I'm happy to do so. And if there's someone else or another company that you'd like to learn more about, the way that this works is, yes, we all know the bigger companies that we all enjoy playing with or using. But a lot of times, companies will come on when there's a demand to know more about the products that they're, they're selling, or at least that they're advertising. That demand can be created by you, and then it would become my opportunity to supply that for you. And so if there's any brand that you want to learn more about, we had State Apparel on a couple episodes ago. It was an apparel company that I didn't know too much about, but they were able to come on and they were able to share their story, and I got a lot of good feedback from that. And they're just a, a San Francisco Bay Area-based company. We've had Cut Golf on here a few times. I'm actually looking at a Cut Golf hat right now, uh, just across from me. They like to talk a lot about their their direct-to-consumer golf balls. I know it's a model that many independent brands are following, but they're gaining a lot of traction. Shout out to you guys, by the way. And so if there's anything like that that you want to hear more about, please feel free to hit me up and let me know, and I'll reach out to them. I am more than happy to do so. That's all for this week, folks. I'm glad that you were able to watch the Open. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did, as well as uh, my wife who watched it with me. We will be back again next week, perhaps with a guest. But if nothing else, I'll be sure to have another touch base with you all. Please go out and visit the new website, golfunfiltered.com. Let me know what you think about the look and feel. And one more time, you can contact me on Twitter at GolfUnfiltered or via email, golfunfiltered at gmail.com. Take care, folks. We'll talk soon.